Before we dive into this episode, I have an exciting offer for you. You know that my passion is simplifying formulation for all hairstylists. Right now, my best-selling masterclass, Hair Color Formulation Simplified, is on sale for only $47. To get yours now, simply go to my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com forward slash simple. Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Every once in a while, I love to jump on here and do a solo session about something that is firing me up. One of those things that makes you go, hmm, Uh, it happens often. I would have 4,000 episodes if I jumped on here every single time something fired me up in the hair color world. But this one really stood out to me and was something I felt called to have a quick chat about because I think it is more common than people realize. And it it's about glazing, glazing and toning. So someone wrote on one of the many forums that I spend a lot of time on trying to answer people's questions and help them understand hair color in an easier, better way to digest. Um, their question was, my client has highlights and wants warm blonde. I have 9GI, 9VG, and 9V. Those are all Redken Shades EQ um, liquid acidic color, if you're not familiar with those letters. So I have 9GI, 9VG, and 9V. Should I just use all three and what ratio? So I was like, okay, first of all, what makes you think you need all three in any situation? And second of all, you didn't tell us what the hair looks like right now. And this is something that happens over and over and over. And you don't want to be mean when you answer and say, you know, you're not giving me enough information. And I say it in the nicest way possible. I say, I would love to help you. That is a great question. However, unless I know what hair you're working on, what is the situation right now? What remaining pigment contribution is present in the hair that you need to turn into a warm result? Is it that the hair is super pale white and doesn't have any pigment left and you need to add warmth in? Is it that it is warm, but it's not a pretty warm and you need to tweak it a little bit? Is it that she has natural brown hair and she's not even blonde yet? I mean, there are so many variables and those are just the obvious ones. There are a lot of colorists. I would say most colorists when they are formulating are not for a second taking into consideration porosity, density, and condition of the hair. If the hair is super thirsty and fried and frazzled, I don't care how many tones you whip up in your magic potion in your bowl or bottle, you're still gonna have fried frazzled hair. It's just going to take on a lot of the muddiness 
in any of your tones because it's super thirsty and porous. So that's a whole other part of the conversation of formulation. And I say this not to make you think that formulation is even more complicated than you thought. I say it because it's so much simpler than you think it is, but it's important to have all of the information. Doing formulation by saying, I have this, this, and this, how much of each should I use? Let's talk about what those colors are. So 9GI is a level nine sheer translucent gloss. And the majority of the mixture is gold. That's the first, level, first letter. And the secondary letter is less of it. So say it's 75% gold, 25% I stands for iridescent. Iridescent, when I think of iridescent, I think of the palest violet with some shimmer to it, a cool shade. On top of that, you need to understand that there's something called background color that is behind the gold and the iridescent as the base of that bottle. So in most cases, there's different uh, variation of how much background color is in there, but depending on the level, 50% of that bottle can be background color. And you're not think, I, I say you, you the listener, um, and that person that wrote that post is not thinking about the background color because the background color in 9GI and 9VG is one background color, and then 9V has no background color. So also think about VG and V both have V in it, and V is a combination, violet is red plus blue. So every time you add more violet, you're adding more red and blue. And if you're trying to cancel warmth and you're adding red to all of your formulas, you may not be canceling anything unless it's what is supposed to be canceled. And I know this sounds very confusing, but I promise you, if you do one glazing class with me, this will make so much more sense. So instead of saying, I have all three, how much of each thing should I put in? You want to actually break down what it is. You know, it's gold it's iridescent, it's violet, it's more gold, and it's more violet. So you have one, two, three parts violet, two parts gold, and then all the background color mixed in with that. So when you spell it out on a piece of paper and you say violet equals red plus blue, so you have red plus red plus blue plus blue plus G plus, you put all those letters out and you see what cancels what. And what you find out is Either in the best case scenario, you put so many things in that bowl that you created a super safe N, which is neutral. So you could have just picked up a nine N and done the same thing. So you wasted three different tones to create N. And in most cases, N by itself is not super pretty by itself. It's a cool shade. So sometimes you need a little bit more to make the color look a little bit more interesting. So rather than mixing up these witches brews and, you know, guessing as you go, why not take the time to truly understand your line? Most manufacturers, if not all, include in their swatch book a circle, which is a version of the color wheel. And around that circle, you'll see 
letters and numbers for the shade selection, depending on what company you're using. Some companies use letters like A, B, G, and V, and other companies use, you know, 0 0.3, 0 0.5. Other companies use stroke five, stroke six, but you have to know what those numbers mean because that is all the color that's in that bottle or tube. And you also have to remember that what's in the tube is not like paint. It's not like watercolors. It's not like if you do an oil painting where you start off with this white canvas and when you squirt a mustard yellow, mustard yellow actually comes out of the tube and you then put it on the canvas. Hair color is a chemical that creates a color to happen when it's combined with what is found in the hair as well as what you're putting on it. If you'll notice, no matter what hair color line you use, you have never squirted out of the tube and seen actual color unless you're dealing with a direct dye. But permanent hair color that you mix with developer will not come out of the tube, the shade that it's called. If it's called mocha or mahogany, you would expect it to come out looking like chocolate for mocha and looking a little more uh, violety for mahogany but they all come out the same color. It's that tan, that nondescript color that when you mix with developers, sometimes the tonality will show up in your bowl and it'll look a little bit purple or a little bit blue or a little bit green, but that's not the shade that's then being applied on the hair. Stop thinking about hair like a blank canvas on a painting or like a blank wall that you're painting on with Sherwin-Williams or Benjamin Moore paint. That's a whole different concept. It's actually the color is being placed onto that wall, and that is what's changing the surface. The wall is not a you know a texture that um, you know in our hair we have body heat, we have all the other things going on, and the color is causing our own natural hair to lighten and therefore brighten, and then add that tonality in at the same time. So. It's not just, you know, slap it in there and forget about it. It's a process. And once you understand how hair color really does work, you will no longer be intimidated by your glazes. You'll no longer be intimidated at formulating someone because you can take a level finder tool, find their natural level, look at their desired level, find an easy way to get from existing to desired in the easiest way possible. And most of you are trying to do it the way that you were taught in beauty school and finding that it's just not working and it's not your fault. The way that we were taught sometimes really doesn't give us the best result. We have to step outside that box and do things a little bit differently. I like to use the power of the lift in the tube to create my formulas rather than raise my developers. So if you're a follower of my YouTube or this podcast, or if you're a member of my Hair Color Secrets Insider membership, you already know this, but some people listening to this podcast are going to be like, what are you talking about? For instance, you know, I just saw on another forum, somebody was telling someone, you know, if you're not getting good enough gray coverage, up your developer to 30 volume, to which I answered, I disagree. I don't think you should raise the volume of the developer. I think you're going to get less gray coverage with the 30 volume, and you're also going to get even more warmth, which is what you're trying to fight in the first place. 
So I tend to um, color outside the lines when it comes to how I formulate and how I color hair. And I've done so successfully for over 35 years. So my passion is helping to pay it forward and share this with other people because it took me 17 years to figure all of this stuff out. And from the 17th year to my 35th year, I was able to earn a really good living and have a great career that I loved because I understood all of the fundamentals. So if you continue to jump onto a Facebook group and ask a bunch of literal strangers what you should be putting on your guest, shame on you for not taking the time to learn because people aren't always going to answer. And it can be a matter of picking something up because some stranger on the internet told you so and you're trusting them and you don't know them. You don't know if they're successful or if they have a full clientele or if they're a six-figure colorist. When I tell you something that I think is a great idea, it's because I've done it for 35 years and I have photos to show you my work and I have a book and I have education and I, you know, I put on a two-day virtual hair show myself with amazing educators from all over the world that I looked up to and still do and that taught me these things. So this is not just a, you know, let me guess and throw an answer out there. This is tried and true techniques and formulas that just show you that it is not ever a recipe. I can take the same formula and put it on my hair and your hair. And guess what? Neither one of us is going to look the same. Absolutely impossible for me to use the same exact recipe on my hair and your hair, unless you are the same texture as I am, the same density, the same porosity, you have the same base color, you have the same highlights. There are so many things that have to factor into that formula. So throw away those notes with the 14,000 Redken Shades EQ formulas that are your go-to. I see that a million times. My go-to is, my favorite is, my you know thing that I do all day is, and that's okay because they're at least your client. So at least you create at the base of their hair to then put it on. But to share those recipes with a stranger on the internet is a dangerous thing. And it's something that really fires me up. So thank you for listening. I have a brand new training. It's on the top 10 mistakes that most people make when glazing and toning hair. And I'm going to go more in depth into all of these things. So be sure to visit my website www.expertcolorsolutions with an S.com, expertcolorsolutions.com. And you will see the link for that class, the top 10 mistakes. And I promise you at the end of that, you know, very short class, I think it's less than an hour. You watch it at your leisure. You don't have to show up at any certain time. You can watch it when you want, but I think that you're going to have many, many aha moments and you are going to be a kick ass glazer and toner after that class. So thanks for listening. And as always, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please share it with a friend who is a stylist, have them like, and share and subscribe on iTunes. And if you have a second, I would love for you to give me a review. It really helps for iTunes to let other people that have interest in the hair industry know about my little podcast. I'll see you all on the next one. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on this episode and you want to dive a little bit deeper into all things glazing and toning, be sure to check out my latest class, Top 10 Mistakes Made When Glazing and Toning. It's only $27 and it is available on my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.